once I was in the building, I was like, okay, well, now I'm meeting people. Now I can try to find a way to show people that I can do the work. Jeff St. Pierre is part of a WPOC morning team and a proud Baltimore transplant. He's a radio personality, husky enthusiast and adopter, music superfan, and today's guest. Among many, many things, we discuss his successful career in radio, Baltimore's very serious affinity for drinking booze, Taylor Swift's unbelievable politeness, West Wing, his upcoming wedding, new kids on the block, and lots of other disparate topics. But before we got to all that, I elegantly opened this podcast with an embarrassing personal admission. So enjoy. I realize I don't think I've ever actually been on a first date. What, what do you, how does that work? Because I would, I was dated my friends. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Rob and I started dating, we were already buddies. And then, I don't know. I guess I just... <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Put out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take much effort. No. Yeah, but it just... I, I was thinking it through and I was like, I thought we went on a date. And it wasn't a date. It, it later turned okay. out. And then otherwise, no. I don't think I've like... Huh. Yeah. So I say treat it like a first date. But you're like, I don't even know what a first date is. Yeah, it's it all could, about... It could be terrible. <laughs> How was your first date with Amanda? <laughs> uh, first date with Amanda was okay. Um, it was, it sounds really bad to say it that way. Um, I, I sort of, she was living in Ellicott City and it's one place in this area that I never really explored. I didn't know anybody that lived in that area, so I didn't go there very often. So I kind of tricked her into a first date by saying like, hey, why don't you show me Ellicott City? Like, show me around the cool places. I don't think it was really that slick. I think she was on to my plan. Had you met um, before? Um, we had met a couple different times okay. before, but that was kind of like the first time we hung out outside of social settings with other people. Ah, clever. Um, so yeah, we just, I thought we were getting drinks. She ordered dinner. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, okay. We're did doing, you pay? We're doing dinner. Yes. Okay, yeah, good. I did. Yeah. Um, and then See, the rest is history. Yeah. That's why I thought my date with Rob wasn't a date. He made me split the cost of fries and a hookah. You Dutch? Are you kidding? Fries and a hookah. It was like 2005. <laughs> it was like $13 and he made me split it with him. And I was that's like, that's crazy. All right. I guess we're not dating. At least he didn't use a coupon or something. Well, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shady. Um, well, yeah, I guess the rest is history because you're getting married this year. Yeah. Yes, December. It's coming up fast. Congratulations. Thank you. Heron Room? Uh, yes, Heron Room. Beautiful. Yep. Um, we're really excited about everything that's kind of coming together for it. Now it's just a little small odds and ends, like plant life and you know decorations. Like, what are we going to do there? But you know, tuxes. We already have the color scheme picked out, and you know, the dress she's got. I mean, everything is set except for decor, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you figure that. And out. And exactly what we're going to eat. Like, we know who's making our food, and we have a rough idea. But we I don't know, know who's making exactly. your food. Yes. <laughs> Gundalo. Yes. Very excited for that. Uh-huh. Whenever I say that, that turns some heads too, which I feel very like like prideful of I'm like yeah I got them you're gonna have really yes. good food I can't wait uh, I can't it's gonna wait. be great it's great well let's backtrack pre-Amanda pre-Baltimore okay. then you are from New Hampshire I am yeah so about 30 minutes north of Boston so I kind of say like Hereford zone to Baltimore is kind of like where I grew up versus Boston okay so pretty close to the city it's still the city that I would count as my city if I was saying like hey I'm gonna go downtown it was Boston oh okay but I technically New Hampshire that. okay yeah. I thought you were like Deep New Hampshire. No, like no, it's actually it's a real suburb of uh, yeah, not quite Bartlett. No, <laughs> West Wing reference. Okay, here we go. Uh, no, not quite like that. It's actually right on the border of Massachusetts. Pretty big suburb now of Boston. As people keep moving further and further out of the city to to grow their families and whatever, like it's become a huge suburb of Boston. What's it called? It's called Salem, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Not where the witches were. That's Salem, Massachusetts. Right. Um, but yes. okay. <laughs> and then how did you get to Baltimore? 
I went to school outside Philadelphia. I went to Villanova. Villanova. Yeah, I'm not trying to name drop. Uh, I did it for you. Two-time national champions in the last oh. two years. Anyway, oh. um, so after that, I just I didn't have any radio connections uh, in the Boston area, so I just kind of stayed in Philly. There were a couple people that I met in my time doing college radio, and just thought, you know what, I'll test my luck and see what happens. And I bounced around from station to station for about four years in Philadelphia before one of my program directors, who, if people don't know the radio business, that's the boss of the radio station, who decides goes on the air, what music you play, that's the program director. He took a job in D.C. at D.C. 101, and he called me up and just said, hey, I want you to come down and work with me. I want to give you a hand. You know, This will be your chance to get into a building where you go from here is on you. And I was there for about a year before Baltimore called, and then the rest is history here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you always want to go into radio? Uh, no, I actually went to school as an astrophysics major. I didn't know. Yeah. All these things I'm learning about Look at you. that. See, all this time. Uh, yeah, I went to school as an astrophysics major. I, I don't think I went into college knowing that what you were going to major in was going to be what you did for the rest of your life, which might sound stupid to some people. Uh, I would disagree. I think okay. I am one of the few people that actually uses their major. Okay. I, think, I mean, Rob is an art history major, and he has a manufacturing company. Yeah. What I, are you doing with that? Right. He, right. Like, what was the point of that, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think – College is kind of like a little way station on the way to what's next. Yeah. So, yeah I knew I love music. So one of my goals was to get into the college radio station when I got there. But I did not know that my career path would shift from you know astrophysics down to radio. Well, did you want to get into it because you loved music or because you wanted to do – I mean to speak into a microphone and, and introduce songs and – I mean. What side of it did you like more? Um, definitely the music side of things. I always grew up kind of listening to more indie, punk rock, hardcore music. Um, and there was a college radio station near where I grew up that I used to listen to because they played the music I liked. You know, as uh, compared to a commercial radio station, they could play whatever they wanted to. So the bands that I was really into that would never get heard on, you know, an HFS or whatever, uh, that's what they were playing. So I knew when I went to college, I was like, well, I want to play my music for other people on my college radio station. So that's essentially why I started it. But then and doing it, I was like, this is a lot of fun. And I get to go to concerts all the time and I get to talk to artists that I like all the time. This is kind of what I want to try. So I switched to communication. So now I guess I, I'm technically using my major that turned out to be, but I go. was not using the one <laughs> uh, that I started out as. Did you have a good time slot in college? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely had a different experience in college. I didn't drink. Um, I've never done any drugs in my entire life. Um, so I, I had a different experience than I think a lot of other people did in school. Um, and I'm not mad about that. Mm -hmm. I think it opened my eyes to a lot of things. I really embraced Philadelphia when I lived uh, – because the school was just outside. But they actually had a train, essentially like a light rail, that ran right through campus. So I would hop on the train, take it into the city on weekends, catch a show in somebody's basement or whatever it was. And I think a lot of other students didn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess like, you know, like Towson students, like maybe they don't come downtown to Baltimore very often because they've got stuff right there in Towson they can hang out at. You know, they don't well, they do it. now. Well, they do Not now. when I went yeah. there. <laughs> yes, that's true. Things have changed a lot over the last few years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the that was just the thought. Like I was like, I want to see what's around me. I want to embrace it and take it all in. Mm-hmm. Did you start drinking when you got to Baltimore? No. I had my first beer the night I graduated college. Uh, it was a Rolling Rock, and I've never drank it again ever sure. since. Um, that uh, I can't. I just can't for whatever reason. <laughs> Fully <you, you> twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no, right. Just one's enough. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think I really picked up in my 30s, though, which yeah. was essentially when I was in Baltimore. I mean, I was drinking, but I think I really learned to throw down here in Baltimore. It's a drinking city. It, it is. Yeah. It's um, painfully so sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever my family comes to visit, they don't drink. So I'm always like, well, what do you guys want to do? Like, I would be drinking right now. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Shark Week's on, I guess. Watch that. Super fun. Well, and uh, I was actually when when Trump had his glorious tweets about 
the the rats and rodents. Which, yes. by the way, does he mean squirrels by rodents? Yeah. Like, I feel Probably. Like rats... It's infested. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, like, man, you gotta come have it because he doesn't drink. I was like, you gotta come have a drink here. You gotta. I mean, I don't want him anywhere near me, but part <laughs> of me was like, you should come have a drink. Does here. he not? Is that like a real thing? He's like a teetotaler. He does not drink. Huh? Yeah. With all the other like unhealthy habits that we've heard about his life, I mean, look, I don't know the man, so I don't know what he's doing, but things that we've heard, you would think drinking would be right up there. No, no, not like, like sort of famously not a drinker. Okay. Yeah, when you have so many other vices, I guess you don't need booze. <laughs> McDonald's French fries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And like prostitutes. <laughs> we've digressed. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you drink in Baltimore because it's been fun to drink with you for this past decade that I've known you. Ah, we've had some good times. We've had some good most of which I remember. Yeah. yeah, most of them. Most of them. Yeah. It's fine. New Kids on the Block. <gasps> New Kids on the Block. First reunion tour. Was that 2011? No, that was 2000. I think it might have been 2009. <gasps> Maybe. No. When did we start hanging out? Because it was early that? on. Because because our friend, our mutual friend Lauren, was the like literally the first person I met in Baltimore, and she kind of adopted me. So it must have been fairly early on. And what? Yeah, would have been. It might have been eleven. No, I don't. I don't know. I can't even. I'll look it up on now. Facebook okay. later. Yeah, I'll we'll figure, figure it out. That doesn't. No one listening to this cares, but I'll figure it out. I'll report back to everyone listening. If they're still right listening. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a fun night, though. Um, so you go to DC 101, and you come to Baltimore. Yes. And. This is a weird question, but you maybe it's not weird. You said you enjoyed like more like rock alternative. Yeah, yeah. But then you moved to a country station. Yes. So um, did you like country music at all before that? And I knew it... nothing about it. Okay. Um, and did you like it though? That was my question. Well, I, I I would say no only by reputation. Sure. And, and I think that's what a lot of people feel about country music. I think if you. I think if you actually spent some time with country music, you would see the different variations of what's out there. And mm-hmm. you would see, you know, like an artist like Casey Musgraves, that is like the darling of everybody, uh, is a country artist. I remember I went to a wedding for a couple of friends of mine, and they used a Chris Stapleton song as one of their wedding songs. But they would openly tell you they hated country music. I was like, well, this dude is country. Like, this is a country artist that you have here. So I think people hate it without really knowing it. And and I get it. Like, there are certainly images of country music that can turn people off the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I, I would tell you I never thought I would work in country music, but the job opportunity was huge. Um, the show that I work for here is a legendary show in the business and in Baltimore. Did you guys win um, a CMA or you were nominated? We won, we've been nominated for quite a few. We won one a few years back, so it's pretty awesome that I have a freaking CMA award on my shelf mm-hmm. in my house. Like Every time I see it, I'm like, why do I have one of these? <laughs> like, just for New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, so it, it, there has been a, a lot of really amazing things that I'm glad Glad that I, I'm glad that I didn't say no. I right. was worried about it at first. I'm like, I don't know, country. Like, that's not my thing. But it's did, been a really great thing. Did any of the listeners know or care that you weren't coming from a country background? I don't, I don't know if I can say they. I mean, I don't think they do, but I, I don't know if they cared. I mean, I think it's, it's more of a, a more of a thing. Like, they want to welcome you into their family. It, it is very much a, a family lifestyle. Like, if you. I don't know, like, they, like I can't tell you how many people like tried to set me up with their daughters like right away because they heard I was single. And when I got, I mean, I got was getting like prom photos, and I'm like, I think you don't understand how old I am right now. Like, I'm not looking for an 18 year old or prison time you know, or prison time, exactly. Um, but uh, so I, I feel like it's they wanted to welcome you and they wanted to be a part of you. They wanted to be a part of your life. So I don't know if they cared so much what else I listened to on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there are opinions that I have that maybe they don't share and vice versa. But uh, I think that's like any family. You yeah. don't necessarily agree with everything that everybody says, yeah. but you're a part of their daily life and they want to welcome you in. 
And you didn't like walk in and shit on country music. You walked in and, and learned. Can about we it. say that word on this? You can say whatever words oh, okay. you want. I was like, there's some really... words that you shouldn't say, but right. most words you can. All right, I'll get a list from you. Just no. if it's going to offend someone, <laughs> don't say it. If it's just a curse word, I was say waiting it. for one to happen so I knew if I could say it. I, I was I was afraid you. if I should ask. You know not. me well enough. Come okay, on. Okay, all right, good to know. That's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't, and, and I think there were definitely moments I didn't know what I was talking about, and people would correct me, and uh, and you learn, and you mm-hmm. and you move on, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's great. I mean, even the country artists themselves are much more open to people in radio and their fans than artists in other genres. I mean, I've gone to many different shows of different genres and been able to, you know, lucky enough to meet and interview different artists. And the country people, it's like you walk in, like Jason, Ald- it treats me like his brother. Like Jason Aldean will sit down with me and pour me a beer and be like, hey, how's it going? How's life? And I'm like, why, why are we? Oh, sure. I'll drink with you. Okay. But that's just, it's a different attitude in the country music world. And I, I really appreciate like that. Like a gratefulness. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think it just really, like we're all in this together kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So you might have this image of, of what country artists are and, and what that world is like. And it's not necessarily like that for everybody. Some maybe, sure. uh, but not everybody. Yeah. Can you say who was the, actually, before I say that, I remember a story um, from years ago when Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. you guys were backstage with her, I think. Been and lucky she, enough to meet her a couple times, yeah. But she like, wrote everyone thank you notes. Yes, I have a couple of those. Crazy. One of them I can't put out because that. my ex girlfriend's name is in it, and I feel awkward about that. It's like my sister and my ex girlfriend. I'm like, I can't use this anymore. <sighs> no, she did. She actually kind of changed the game, and not to get off topic, but what she was doing when she first hit the road for her major tour was 2000. Uh, I want to say 2009 was her first major tour um, on her own. I mean, she had been opening for other people and doing things, but I think 2009 was her first one, and it was out at Meriwether. Um, It was a major, major show, and I got to go and kind of hang backstage for a little bit with her. She had this whole little room set up with, like, foosball and snacks and everything, and she came and hung out with people. Uh, And then you signed a guest book when you got there, and she literally hand-wrote a thank you note to every single person in the guest book. Uh, and then she did it again a couple of years later on the next tour. When and she was it, even bigger. When she was even bigger. Yeah. And um, as things have changed, country doesn't have as quite as much access to her as they used to. And I don't fault her for that. I mean, and is life she is even different. country anymore? Uh, she's not. Yeah. She's not. But I think she still understands where her roots were. And I think she appreciates some of the people that have been with her since day one. Um, so she still does open her arms to, to certain people. But, you know, I, I didn't make that list. And that's okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like, I'm not holding. I'm not getting on Twitter. Damn you, Taylor Swift. Not, she's got enough drama. It's totally fine. She doesn't need St. Pierre. <laughs> Right. bullshit in her life exactly. <laughs> oh my god um now i'm struggling to remember what i was gonna ask you before i said that oh has anyone come because i know your offices have they host different radio stations yes. it's not just um wpoc have any artists come through that were not country that were especially nice or especially awful um especially nice niall horan from one direction nicest oh, dude is he the one no, who's the one that has like that's kind of like the sexy like seventies? Uh, that's Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Niall Horan, I think, was like the least recognizable of the One Direction guys. Like he would be like the Chris Kirkpatrick of of One Direction, or cut. like the John Knight of New Kids on the Block. I'm going <laughs> oh for it. I'm doing it. Uh, this is my boy band knowledge coming out. Um, but he is crazy talented. Like, and this is one of the things that's funny about the music industry is there are artists like One Direction that would be these massive people, right? Like they play soccer stadiums around the world 70,000 people at a time they never had a number one song their entire career as a band they never had a number one song really yeah 
which you would think with that Justin Bieber, I think just got his first number one like two years ago. Well. But like you think with the star status of who these people are, that they'd be pumping out, you know, number one smash hits on Billboard that One Direction never had. Because that's that's counted by what? Albums purchased? Um, How do they count well, now? albums purchased, there's different there's different charts. Albums purchased, they may have gotten there. But as far as like radio airplay and song, like from a single standpoint, they never had like the traditional number one single but the radio. metric on that would be radio plays or downloads? Yes, yeah, more like radio airplay, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but then Niall Horan comes out as a solo act, and he gets the very first one of any of them. Now a couple of them have had a number one um, since then, but he, like, comes out and just blows the doors off, and he gets, like, two or three of them. So there is nowhere. an eye in team. There is, there is, and it was apparently Niall Horan. <laughs> but he was so nice, just an amazingly friendly guy. I was expecting much different, um, just given his status, and well, he was great. When you're meeting I mean, when you're that famous and you're meeting people all the time, it's probably easier to just be nice. I mean, to just, like, have pleasant interactions all day. Sure. And not hole up. And I'm, I'm really extroverted, so maybe, and, and I think you are, too. I can yeah. be. Yeah. You can be? Would you <laughs> say you're introverted? Um, I don't know if I would say I'm introverted. I think I'm a combo. Okay. I think, I think it depends on the setting. I kind of like to watch yeah. and then oh, see creepy. where I can jump in and get and get into the the conversation. Like, if I don't know people, if I know people, I don't give a shit. Let's right, go. Right. Let's have a good time. Yeah. But if I'm kind of learning people, I got to feel them out first to know what buttons I can push, where can I go, because I, I I guess I could probably offend someone in but a that's, conversation. that's more cautious. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah. Have you done Myers-Briggs? I have not. <gasps> you haven't done Myers-Briggs? No. Have you done Myers-Briggs, Mike? What are you? SMC. That's nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Get out of here. Producer Mike doesn't... <laughs> that's all wrong. <laughs> None of those letters, like, matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an interesting test. You should take it. Okay. I'd be curious to know what you are. Okay. And now it's like. Well, now I want to check this out. So. Yeah. It's a good one. We Let's check wrap it. this up. I'm done. Okay. I'm go do the, the test. <laughs> we'll take a break. Come back. <laughs> and the whole second half will just be about Myers-Briggs. We took it in high school, though, like, each year. And then I take it about once a year now just to check in. I don't change. I'm the same one. Yeah. Which is kind of comforting, I guess. <laughs> I used to be an I, which is introverted. Okay. Which is unusual but yeah but, i can't picture that with you but that's no. i mean i've known you for i guess a decade which yeah. still sounds weird to say, in high but. school i was like an uh, borderline ie okay inner introverted introverted extroverted now it's just like a hearty <laughs> a hearty e yes that's yeah. me <laughs> if, there, if you do caps lock with e that's it that's, that's me i'm just like an e. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so anyone that was awful um that you're willing to talk about now, I, I don't know about awful but there have been some that just I guess maybe you expect some people to be better. And like we just did a show. I shouldn't say we. Uh, one of the radio stations in our office, Z1043, is one of the other ones. They did a show at Ramshead Live, and there was an artist by the name of Bozzy. I don't know if you're familiar with Bozzy. Kind of an up-and-coming pop act. And I always feel like if you're a newer act on the scene, like you should be really friendly because you're trying to make a good impression with people. And we did like a little quick meet and greet with him, and he just – I can't really demonstrate it that well through words, but he just kind of stood there with his arms crossed at his waist. Um, and when you walk in, you're like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, and he's kind of like, just nods, like not really a response. And then he wouldn't shake your hand, like didn't put his arm around you. So you kind of had to stand next to him as he's just standing there with his arms sort of crossed and folded, like sort of in front of his crotch, like just kind of like, you know, like look, try to look cool kind of thing. And I just, I was like, all right, like I, that's I weird. most people here don't really know much about you, but Hey, that's cool. You do you. I don't. So, yeah. So I can't say he's a bad person. I can well, say barring in that any, setting, like, mental wasn't... stuff. Like, yeah, sure. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't the most welcoming thing in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. If there were like a hundred of us waiting to meet him, that'd be one thing. There was like twelve. 
oh. in the meet and greet. So it's not like he was like tired <laughs> doing all these. Like Taylor Swift meets like 300 people a night. And, and then gets she's a cramp still, on the bus like, writing thank you notes. Right. Yeah. And she still thanks you and hugs you and like wants to hear a quick story about your life before taking the picture and moves on, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Who, um, and then we can stop fangirling, who would you say is the most famous person that you've met through your job? I, I mean, probably um, probably Taylor Swift. I mean, at this yeah. point, I mean, just yeah. because of what she's become. Yeah. Um, probably. I mean, I, I think in the country world, Kenny Chesney's up there. Um, I, I've always had a great experience with him. Some people don't have great experiences with him, but he's always been very kind to me. Really? Um, whenever I've had a chance to meet him. So I, I'd probably go with those two. I'm trying to think about, I know there have been some other people outside of it. Uh, my personal favorite band of all time is Jimmy Eat World, and I had a chance to do a couple interviews with them. Were and... you at the concert? No, because we had a station show that night, and I, I couldn't skip that's like right. I couldn't skip my show to go to somebody else's show. Like that's a no no, and um, so I was kind of bummed because I missed them. But they hopefully they'll come back through. I'm sure. Thank you for rubbing it in. It was a good show. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, let's keep talking about that. <laughs> my dog passed away when I was like 12. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's a bring it up. Too? Okay. What was his or her name? <laughs> We're not doing this, <laughs> no. Megan. <laughs> Sorry. All right, moving on. Um, so how has Baltimore treated you? I mean, you've been here like most of your adult life, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it's been it's been great. I mean, I've been here for 11 years. So I moved here when I was, I guess, 27 years old-ish. Um, it's been awesome. I, I think moving here, I, I came in totally blind. The, the job opportunity surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't think I was going to get it. Um, so when everything happened, it happened so fast that I just kind of drove up here and started working and then Craigslisted a place to live <laughs> with some other people, uh, which was fine. I lived um, on Baltimore Street, uh, sort of like if you're looking at Patterson Park, like northeast, mm-hmm. um, which at the time, we're talking 2008. Did I meet you then? I feel like I was at that. Was it a, it was a row home? Yeah, it was a row home. Yeah. I feel like we met while I was still living in the city. Yeah. And it wasn't until I moved out of the city that things kind of changed. Because you moved a to bit. Hunt Valley from there? Yes, I moved to then Hunt we Valley. Then we would have had to. We definitely met early on. Okay. Um, so at the time, like it wasn't a bad area, but it was still a transitioning area. And that was when the, the market crashed, too. So there sure. were a lot of like y- older 20 somethings, younger 30 somethings that had bought homes. And I mean, within the first three or four months of me living there, it was just for sale side, for sale side, for sale side, for sale side, all up and down that area. It was kind of depressing, actually. Because um, you could just, that was like the visible hardships the whole country was yeah i mean everybody like and i guess i just didn't i I know the whole country dealt with it but seeing it right there on the street that i was living on was crazy um so i never felt scared or threatened or anything in that part of town but it was definitely a a shock for me Mm i never lived in a part of a city like that before in my life so that was something i had to adjust to for sure so um you left Patterson Park, you've lived in the county, but you're back in the city, not not downtown again, but in the city limits. Yeah, so I bounced around the county a bit, Hunt Valley, Owings Mills, Pikesville, um, and uh, Towson in there at some point, too. I've moved around a lot. Uh, yay, relationships. Um, <laughs> and then now I'm in the city limits, so kind of near Towson, like North Baltimore. I live off of York Road, basically, mm-hmm. um, up that area. So it's awesome. It's beautiful It's up beautiful. There. Well, as you know, half my family lives in your neighborhood. Yeah, I know. That's really funny. I, like, I bumped into us. your brother walking my dog one day and then found out your cousin lives there and I think your sister is like temporarily living in that area or something too it's yeah it's wild yeah, yeah you've, you're always around the eyes and I've got the clan I'm sorry <laughs> that's, that's okay <laughs> there are a lot of us um, but it is a great it's a great spot because it's you know you're you're close to downtown but it's um uh there's a suburban feel in a good way not yeah. in a, a planned community way but in a like a there's there are trees and grass and lawns and and the neighbors give a shit about each other, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Like moving in, people like actually want to stop and say hi and chat. I mean, nobody helped me bring the couch inside, but they all wanted to say hi and meet who the new neighbor was. 
Did I ever tell you that story about how your mom cockblocked me at Wegmans? I do. I don't know the story. I know that you lived with her for yes, a bit. Yes, so I lived with your mom. Non-relation, yes, non-sexually. Exactly. Yeah, she was renting out her basement, and she was looking for a tenant. I was looking for a place to live. It all just kind of worked together. But we went grocery shopping one day, and I, I would never. I'm not the kind of person that gets hit on like openly in places. Um, and that's not me trying to like you know downplay myself. I just it doesn't happen. So we're looking. You're at, just into prom queens. I, exactly. That's it. Um, so we're looking at tomatoes and I, like I pick up like tomatoes or something I don't know and this woman walks up next to me I say woman she was probably in her mid 30s at the time I was like 28 29 um, so, so this she, still makes her a woman though yeah it, it does if I, <laughs> I still feel like when I say woman I'm talking like someone way older than I am so I'm not talking about someone who's like 65 you're old and you think baby right yeah. <laughs> so she picks up something off the off the vegetable tray and she's like how do you know if these are ripe and she like asks a couple questions and I'm like this lady's totally hitting on me and she's attractive I'm like I'm gonna roll with this and then your mom comes out of nowhere with like six vine ripened tomatoes and jams them between my face and hers. I was like, hey, did you see these are on sale? And I was like, thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for that. And as this is happening, the woman like walks away and I'm like, no, come back. I, well, the problem here is my mother's it's also just my roommate. <laughs> my mother's also very young. Yes, yes, which she's doesn't a young help mom. Yeah. your situation. Because there's probably some ambiguity between. Well, I explained it to her later and she's like, I had no idea. I'm like, come oh, she on. knew. Oh, she knew. This is my one chance, the supermarket hookup. This is like, could, yeah. It could have been, who knows? Yeah. Who cares about Amanda? I'm, you could have had the tomato I'm lady. Sorry, Amanda. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> this was way before I met you, Amanda. <laughs> well, speaking of, of neighborhoods lived in, yes. um, did you find, so you had said something earlier, like that the, when you lived in Patterson Park, hold on, I'm forgetting shit. Sorry. Ooh, the wine just hit me. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Um, you had said something about like unfriendliness. Like when you were in Hun Valley, people were really helpful, but maybe in the city they weren't. Well, I just think when you're renting a place somewhere, people aren't as – because usually if you're renting a place, a lot of other people are renting places too. And I just don't think the community situation is the same if it's a bunch of renters. Oh, Does that fair. make sense? Yeah, you know? okay. um, So like when I was living in Hun Valley, it was all homeowners. It was all families. It was a lot of you know, young families like starter homes. So they were cool and they had kids and everybody was just hanging out together all the time. Uh, when I moved to Owings Mills, we were in – you know, an apartment complex basically, and nobody talked to anybody, and you never saw who your neighbors were. Um, even in Pikesville, we rented uh, the second floor of a two floor house, um, and the guy below us was renting too. And, and we would interact when we had to interact, but it wasn't like we were having dinner with each other all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually, we lived, my fiance now and I lived there for two years. And uh, when we were getting ready to move out, the neighbor across the street was like, Oh, you just moved in. I was like, Yes, two years ago. <laughs> yes, Sir thank you for noticing. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. <laughs> we were here. <laughs> oh but God. now we own and um that was a big thing when we bought the house we we kind of stumbled into the neighborhood that we're in right now and uh it was right around halloween and we saw all these halloween direct de- decorations everywhere and we started thinking if these people are going to decorate like this for halloween they must be like a chill neighborhood that's actually a great indicator right it's a really um that's a really good point yeah real estate agents should take heed Right? I, I thought it was like the mm-hmm. perfect thing. So we uh, ended up yeah. buying the house, and it's been awesome. Like, the neighborhood is just really phenomenal people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, – I have felt growing up in Hunt Valley, and then, which was obviously very community-oriented. Sure. And then we were in Hereford, and, you know, I've moved, I've moved around as well. But yeah. there's something about the city that felt way more welcoming mm-hmm. to me than, like, most of the suburbs I've lived in, um, just in that there are so many people in a smaller space, and you kind of, like – you see each other more, and I don't know, people just yeah. seem like more 
outgoing and helpful to each other. I think in your situation where you live and operate primarily in the city, there's a lot of people like you Mm -hmm. and a lot of people doing the same thing that you're doing. Sure. Um, And and when I was living by Patterson Park, I was brand new to Baltimore and didn't know a lot of people and was still feeling out how do you interact in a city? How do you go about doing the things? But, you know, you might walk to the grocery store to get something you need to make dinner. Where I was living, I didn't have that grocery store that I could walk to. Like, yeah, there was the market across the street with the bars over the windows, you know, which I was great for getting cheetos but it wasn't the place you'd go to get chicken for, for dinner. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think there's there are different places that you can live where you might feel that sense of community a little bit differently. And, and maybe where you live, I think I can totally understand why you would get that. And that's not bashing anybody else. No, I just think no, different no. places I... have different, I don't know, amenities that make it more of a community-based sure. location. Sure. And I think I, mean, I think your rental point is, is really valid. Like Mount, I live in Mount Vernon, which is like a really good mix of renters and homeowners. Sure. Um, and so I think we get more of that and then plus like I worked less than a mile from where I lived for eight years Um, and so I was always it was like the same routines back and forth Mm -hmm. whereas you had to get in a car and drive to go my hours are weird I mean I do morning radio so I'm going to work at 4am let's talk about your fucking hours (laughs) oh my god I can remember back in the day you leaving at like 9 9.30 we'd be out drinking and you'd be like gotta go because I have to be up at what three thirty or like four. I can't imagine drinking at nine o'clock at night anymore. Like when it no. happens, I am a zombie the next day. But I was doing it a lot. I mean, there were weeks where I would do it every single night, and I'm like, I don't know how I even. We should survived. check the tapes. Are those good shows or bad shows? Uh, thank God I'm not the main host of the show. I mean, if I had to drive the whole thing, if I was driving the school bus. We would never have made it on time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a really bad analogy I'm for a, a parent. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> I'm I'm always a passenger, which is great, so I can be like the, the you know the uh, backseat driver, if you will, mm-hmm. in this conversation. Um, yeah. So yeah, some days I can fall asleep, <laughs> but I'm never actually driving. How much of the show is um, is you? Because I I've, I used to listen to your show. I'm sorry, no, okay. I'm not a country music. I never hold it against gal. anybody. I get it. I, when I'm not on the air, I don't necessarily listen all the time you know yeah. i've got my own interests and i think everybody does especially now this is the coolest thing now is that you have access to whatever you want to listen to 24 hours a day on your phone mm-hmm. i mean if you remember going to a record store when you were a kid like i used to walk in and be like <laughs> no i'm 20 so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? i used to walk in and be like i like jimmy Eat world tell me something else that i will like and they would point you in the direction of like another band and then you would you know maybe try that out maybe you would invest your money in that CD and buy it and then test your luck fingers crossed I like this but now you just open up an app on your phone and you can listen to whatever you want do you find that an algorithm that tells you what you want is better than a person who's you know more invested that's a good question. I mean, I, I'm a purist because I lived through it, but I imagine a 15 year old right now doesn't have any idea what we're talking about. Someone listening right now is like empire records. What? <laughs> um, but there is a collection of people that do know what we're talking about. And, um, and I think it means something more to us, but to somebody else that's never had to live through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like you tell someone that wasn't born in 2001, what September 11th is. And I'm not trying to get heavy, but like, it was a thing for us. Like you, we all remember exactly what we were doing when that happened. But kids that were born in 2002, what, what, what's September 11th? Why is everybody so freaking well, out today? My, one of my sisters was born in 2000 and yeah. she doesn't know. She was, right. she was a year and a half when it it's happened. It's a whole different thing. She has no idea. Well, and, and speaking of West Wing again, I've been rewatching. It's sort of my antidote to the fuckery of the White House today. <laughs> That's such a fantastic word. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I have to use it. No, it's okay. In, in this, in this form or in this uh in this time but i was watching an episode <clears throat> last week where 
Like the timeline didn't really add up. Like what had happened in the previous episode had nothing to do with this okay. one. And I remember oh, it was the nine eleven. It was the nine eleven right? where they yeah. have all the students in the mess hall, like in the cafeteria. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like it's like it's a little sanctimonious watching it. You know, twenty years later, because yeah. you're like. I, but I appreciate, not to get off topic, I appreciate how they scrambled and made that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if people that's would do how, that now. That's how big it was. Yeah. I mean, that's how – they wouldn't do it now because so many shows are made so far in advance right. that they don't have anything to do with And people are doing timelines. so many different projects. But at the time, like when West Wing was being made, most of them were primarily doing the West Wing. This is the third season, season opener. Yeah. And they ended with Jed Bartlett saying he was – Going to run for president despite the Spoiler MS controversy. Alert. Sorry. Oh my God. Sorry. If you don't have Netflix, I'm sorry. Um, so, but then you, you go from that season ender to like this 9 11 episode, yeah. and then you go back into the season. But the fact that they took time to do that that's was amazing. Like, I still think that's an amazing piece of television history. Oh, like yeah. how they stopped everything and got everybody back together to film a whole new episode just for that. Mm-hmm. Like and scrapped a different episode they were going to air. Yeah. Or or moved on from something else, you know, like they had to find room to fit that in. I just I still think that's a major piece of television history. It is. Yeah. It's Is it liquor before beer? You're in the clear? You're or is going it, back you're, and forth. Well, that's I'm trying to figure out. Where does wine fall into this? You can do... Is wine considered liquor in this equation? It's like beer before liquor, never been sicker. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Is that how that yeah. goes? But I think if you're mixing genres, as Ooh. you are, you're just... You have two straws and one... They're just both in your mouth. You're just sort of drinking them yeah, at the same time. It. You're a wild man. I, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So the question I was going to ask Sorry. before... It's okay. <laughs> um... You know, I'm as I host a podcast and I'm always yeah. asking questions, you're in a similar position where you are either interviewing people or you're playing off of – there's three people that host there on the There's two show. others on the show with me. So there's three of us total. Three people yeah. on the show. Sorry, I thought you were saying three others. I thought you were, that's what no. you were trying to – Did I say three others? Wait a minute. We'll, we'll a, check the tapes a, a, later. A, a, a alcohol. <laughs> I know. I'm feeling it. You're welcome. Um uh, Damn it. Now I lost my train of thought again, Jeff. I'm sorry. This is what I do. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, what is it like being on the other side of it? And my second question is, how do you play in that playground? Like, how do you know the amount of time to take up? Do you do you feel like you talk too much sometimes on the show? Do you wish you spoke up, spoken up a little more? Like, how do you balance that? Uh, okay. So, two-part question. Part A, it is so weird to be on this side of the microphone. I don't think I've ever been interviewed for something. Like, I'm always doing this. So thank you for having me in here. CMA award winner, Jeff St. Pierre, guys. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that and a dollar might get you a soda. <laughs> um, but uh, part two of that, I-, I think you have to feel out who you're with. Um, you have to get a good rapport with those people. And we've got a, a tandem, uh, three of us. And I've known uh, one of them for 11 years. And I think we've got a pretty good rapport with each other. The newest member of the team has been there for about a year and a half. And I still think there's some hiccups here and there. But again, it's natural. And there's going to be things that I'm more passionate about that neither one of them are interested in. So I may speak up and go a little bit further and, and vice versa. So I think you just kind of have to feel it out. And, and we we thankfully are really good at reacting to visual cues so mm. what listeners can't see because we're, we're not a visual medium we you know i might raise my hand like in the studio to let somebody else know like oh i got something to say mm-hmm. um and, and you wouldn't see that as a listener but it, it helps us out a lot to know like okay we're not done yet this person still has something else to say you know sure. um so you just got to feel them out and kind of get some practice with them does the live part is that is that very daunting i mean have there been moments where you've have you ever cursed on air have you ever thankfully god i don't want to answer this question okay don't answer I, it i, I don't, were, not well, do we have holy shit you've never 
I've not. I have not. Like I've this had this is a, like particle board. Just I, there we go. IKEA baby. I've had a slip of the tongue where I wasn't trying to curse, but like the word that comes out of your mouth starts to sound like it. You know, just because whatever we stutter and what word is it? I, I, I'm trying to blank right now, but I remember the moment everyone looked at me like, <gasps> but like I didn't. It wasn't the intention. It wasn't like. God, this person is full of shit. It wasn't like that. It was just kind of like the word shit started to come out of my mouth while talking about a ship coming downtown or something. Sure. You know, like it just it just happened and everyone's like, oh, careful. Is there a delay? Uh, I That's a great question. You don't know if I there's actually, a delay? No idea. Oh my God. When I worked at DC 101, I worked for a morning show there uh, that's still on the air. And there was a 30-second delay for them. They had a 15-second delay in their studio. And there was a separate 15-second delay in another room. So somebody, which was me, in the other room listening to the show, I heard what was already 15 seconds behind because they had a chance to edit themselves. So whatever I was getting meant they missed it. So I was like the last line of defense for this show. Uh, and there were a few times where you're like, how did you miss this? So you was that your job at TCO? Yes. Yeah. That's what kind of got me. That's why my boss, if, if we go back a little bit, my boss said, I'm getting you in the building. Where you go from here is on you. I was always part-time at all my radio stations. And he gave me a chance to be a full-time employee somewhere, which – alleviated the problem of me needing second jobs and all that. Um, but then once I was in the building, I was like, okay, well now I'm meeting people. Now I can try to find a way to show people that I can do the work. So I was, uh, they call it the dump guy. It was the dump button. So that's what the delay is. It's the dump button. Cause you're dumping out whatever audio is bad. So that was my job for like 11 months. But so you, your job was like actually being the last line of defense for a delay, yeah. and you do not know if you have a delay in your current job. I have no idea. That's pretty – uh... It's not something that we're it, – it's a different format. Um, people are much more family-friendly. and Well, like, and of course your show, 100%. Yeah, we don't, yeah. We don't cross yeah. those bridges. Yeah. You know? And we don't really take that many live phone calls. We, do, we, we like answer phones, and we record the conversations and then put them back on the air. There's only one time every morning that we actually take a live phone call. So the, the risk is very minimal. Are they vetted? For us, um, not really. No. Um, so there is a risk, certainly. Um, but most people are pretty cool about it. Like I, I think the community is different where they're – they understand. Well, who wants to be the first caller to curse on WBOC? <laughs> Just kidding. It. Don't do it. Don't Stop do it. Stop it. Don't do it. It is a very fam- family-friendly show. CMA award-winning. I don't know if I mentioned like, that. Even if they did cuss on the air, if there was a delay, I have no control over that soundboard, so it wouldn't be my fault. No. So, when, yeah, wouldn't so be really. my fault either for <laughs> bringing up the fact that no one's done it. <laughs> so, Thanks a lot. Sorry. So next question. <laughs> next question. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you're good with, with the time thing. Um I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I mean, it's been – I feel like it's been pretty crazy. I mean, how how deep do you want to get today? Uh, let's do like a little little deep dive into something, and then we'll come back up and talk about your favorite parts about Baltimore. Oh, oh okay. So yeah. we're still going to talk about Baltimore. That's what I was wondering. Like, we'll get to Baltimore. Talk, well, all right. I didn't yeah. know if you were, you're, you sound like you were wrapping up. Like, are you sick of me? Is that what's – No, no, no. I'm just drinking. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a question over here. Oh, oh um, sorry. Oh, his Producer question Mike. is, can you put more wine in oh, my glass? Like, more wine. Hold on for this. Mike, why don't you have your own wine bottle? There is another one in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to have my own feelings or opinions. <laughs> there's, there's like a tiny sip left. You want this? Amen, brother. I feel you. I mean, how, how do you feel like the community is around something that's alive and dependable and every morning and like part of someone's commute, whereas what I do can be either ignored or chosen it at will? 
I think the key word that you just said helps describe it perfectly, and that's community. And I think that's the biggest reason why um, terrestrial radio, aside from the fact that it's free and you don't have to pay for it necessarily. What is terrestrial radio? Terrestrial radio. Real radio. Like you get in your car and you turn on the radio. That's terrestrial radio. Um, there's satellite radio. There's you know uh, internet radio, whatever. But terrestrial radio is the generic like – 89.1 or whatever, or, or in my case, 93.1. I know, interesting you, know, you didn't go for your own first. I was just throwing out a different one. Anyway, <laughs> okay. um, so that's terrestrial radio. And I, I think the big reason why that's why that survived and why that is still thriving in a lot of different ways is because of community. It's local. And you can talk to someone that's, you know, technically right down the street from you that knows what's going on in your world. You could put on, you know, a satellite radio station and that would be great. You'll get some entertainment. You'll hear some music you might not hear on your local radio station, but your traffic isn't going to be local and your news isn't going to be local and your weather isn't going to be local. So if you want to know what's actually going on in your area, that's the community you get from your radio station. Now, I'll say uh, we have seen in different many different studies that. Overall, terrestrial radio has not been hurt by the streaming as much as people think that it has. I think you can kind of equate it to like uh, broadcast networks versus cable back in the early 80s. You know, look, they're still around. ABC, NBC, CBS, they're still going strong and still the biggest networks on your TV station, despite the fact that HBO gets every single Emmy nomination possible for its programs. People still aren't necessarily investing in buying the HBO package. And I think that's what we see too is like people, yeah, you still, you have to pay for those other services. Yeah. It's awesome that you have access to songs and podcasts and radio stations. It's, it's amazing opportunity to have that library at your fingertips. But when you hop in your car and you're driving to work, you're probably putting on the radio station, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what, that's what it is for a lot of people. Now the younger generation, we've got to figure out ways to really reach them. You know, I think generation Z is a big thing that we haven't figured out yet. Um, and I, do I say, you know anything about what you're thinking about Z? I mean, have, have there well, been... I just I, I think it's a I think they're the f they are the first real generation that is entirely grown up digitally. Um, even millennials, like there's some older millennials that still understand. <coughs> I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that still know what American Online is. You know, like are, it was, are you a millennial? Uh, I am what they apparently call the Oregon Trail no. oh, the Oregon uh, generation. No. So uh, it's like this three or four year period between Gen X and millennial that doesn't really have an association because there's a lot of Gen X ideals and a lot of millennial ideals mixed together. But I still understand what it's like to wait for my internet to load up as opposed to millennials, which largely had a lot of more high speed internet for most of no, their I lives. Remember. Well, I know. I'm just yeah. saying largely. I mean, yeah. you're you're on the older end of millennial. So you mouth. and I are a little <laughs> you and I are a little bit closer uh, yeah. in age in that regard. Yeah, we're only but, a couple years apart. Yeah, right? so yeah. yeah. So uh, you might be technically a millennial, but we're pretty close when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was weird. My parents are one generation above me, and normally it's supposed to be two, right? Right, yeah. And so that was it was interesting to sort of grow up with them being like, oh, like, and now we have, like, I, I can't use the second line because, you know, I'm online or my dad's right. online and whatever. And, like, that was a little What's bit interesting, interesting about that, too, is I was just talking to a woman who wrote this book. Can, can I name drop? Is that okay? You can, no, really, it's, you can, okay, unless can you're saying it. something hateful, you can say whatever okay, you want. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, this woman, her name is Sarah Weiss. She just wrote a book called Instabrain, and it's uh, from a marketer's standpoint of like how you can attract Generation Z and what Generation Z is looking for uh, to bring them in. And this woman was telling me that she found a lot of teachers have used her book to get ideas because they're having a hard time reaching the Generation Z uh, children. Um, and that makes them sound bad. They're not bad. It's just they have a different mindset. Um, but, uh, it, I, oh, yeah, we were talking about the different generations in 
general. And what we came to is that, you know, there's so many comparisons. If you really look at it, so many comparisons between the boomers and millennials and Generation X and Generation Z. They're essentially the same thing, but they're too stubborn to actually like acknowledge that. Like one of the reasons boomers hate millennials is they're the same exact type of person. It's just their experiences are slightly different because boomers didn't have the internet. Well, right, exactly. (laughs) But it's the same thing, right? Like they, if you really dive deep into it, they have so many of the same mental models. It's just life is different. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. they were born in a, in a a boom to use that word in an economic boom. That's where they came in. They didn't know hardship where generation X was dealing with like problems with the crashes, you know, in the seventies and like oil shortages and all this stuff. Yes. As children. Yes. And, and, um, generation Z grew up after September 11th in a wartime, you know, and, and the crashes in 2007 and 2008 like in, in sort of a, an economic yeah, hardship. And it's, so it's interesting when you compare the different generations. Like I, I find it so interesting to see like where the similarities are, even though the world is so vastly different compared to the two of them. That's a fair point. Sorry. So deep and way off topic, but here we are. Whatever. I don't care. It's fine. We don't have to talk about Baltimore at all. It doesn't matter. It's Let's not, talk it's about not it. in the I name of the talk, I came in to talk about Baltimore. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. How much so, more of this wine do I? Is no one else drinking this wine? I'll drink. I'll move on. Mike's had almost all of my wine, so I'll move to. And he's the one editing this. Well, not tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She'll do it when she's ready. Uh. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> um, what is that? It's Malbec. It's a Malbec. All right. Yeah. I'll pop into that in a second. Let all me right. just get through this. I don't know, my kids. I felt pressure so. to finish it. Like, you don't have to finish a whole bottle while you sit in here. Oh, thank God. It's also very hot it's in here. It's very hot. I think we should mention that. It's I wish I had brought a second shirt. Like, I feel embarrassed. You shouldn't feel like, embarrassed. Like, I hope you guys are okay with all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one in my car, I think, actually. I full confession, I'm wearing my bathing suit top <laughs> under my shirt, <laughs> just for reasons that don't concern full anyone listening. I am not. And <laughs> there's, like, a tiny part of me that's like, well, it's like we're at the pool. I'm just... It covers the same stuff. It's fine. Let's go. Oh ahead. my god! It is very hot in here. It is warm. Yeah. Sorry. These lights are oppressive. We can turn them off. No, I understand why you have them, but it's yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. So Baltimore. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll dive into the. We always ask five questions at the end okay. um, about you know your favorite places in the city. Um. But you know, as a Boston kid, which I guess I never thought of you as, but. I'm learning you you were, <laughs> so whatever. I love that journey for you. Um, how is Baltimore different from Boston, and how – I know I know you, you've mentioned that you like it here, but how, how are those cities different in your opinion, and, um, and why do you stay, outside of your contract? Well, yeah, besides that. Um, I think one of the coolest things about Baltimore – so I left home near Boston when I was 18 years old uh, to go to college, so I – I wasn't old enough to really experience everything that the city had to offer. Um, when I go back to visit now, I'm like, holy shit, this place is awesome. Like, there's some really cool places to experience Boston's and check a out. great it really, city. It really is. And I understand sports rivalries and whatever. I mean, I get I get all of that, which makes people, you know, not like mm. Boston. So. so I had a uh, – Johnny Damon was around um, when I was yeah. sort of – That son of a bitch. Becoming a – yes, yeah. a, a woman, we'll say. Hmm. And I had a huge crush on him. That's a good phrase. <laughs> And I was becoming a woman. And there was Johnny Damon, and I had this massive crush. And then he broke my fucking heart and went to the Yankees. Yeah. As in Mike Messina. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Another from crush of mine. Yep. Yeah. So I think I have a type. Big city guys. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, sports rivalries, 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I get the rivalries between, you know, uh, mid-Atlantic to northeastern cities, whatever you want to call it. But I, I got to fully embrace Baltimore as an adult and got to experience it. And I, I think when I got here in 2008, again, it was, you know, the financial crash and all that situation. Over the years, we've seen it grow. I mean, I my office is in Hamden um, in the building, the Rotunda, which you've been there recently. So you've seen all the changes they've made there. When I first started working there in 2008, like people in the office were like, do not walk around here at night. Like, don't go out by yourself. Like, don't go down to the avenue. Don't. But now it's like the hottest place in town. We're getting married right off, essentially right off the avenue. And mm-hmm. we're going to have like our rehearsal dinner and all that, like at some place on the avenue. Yeah, they don't know that, but we're going to do it somewhere uh, in there. And 10 years ago, we never would have thought about that. Even in the movie Step Up, the movie Step Up, Channing Tatum says to Jenna Dewan at some point, she talks about where he grows up, and he's like, obviously, you've never been to Hamden. Like, it's some destitute world that it you wasn't don't that exist. Bad then. And it wasn't even that bad then. Oh, my God. But that's. But that's that is a I've, whitewashed it really story is. if I've ever heard one. I completely agree. But we've seen the change yeah. in Baltimore in the last decade. A lot of things have changed. And this city has gone from, um, I don't even know what I would call it then because I wasn't here long enough to get a good accurate description but it is such a funky and cool city with so many opportunities now well I think the time you've put into the city I think you've you've earned the right to make those kind of comments like I think you've been here long enough to see this arc for sure because yeah I've lived downtown for 13 years and there's been and I'm from Baltimore County but that's not the city no definitely different and, and seeing the arc has been incredible um, I mean so much has changed I and mean, when people shit on the city or you know, have things to say about it. I'm like, just look up. There's cranes. Like, look at look at all these buildings that have, yeah, uh, that what like the 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 garbage chutes on the side because they're renovating unused space to make it living space because yeah. people want to live here. There's a lot to be said about uh, these people that have information at their fingertips. You know, they they can they can choose to be anywhere because they know everything about where to put their money and they're putting it here. Yeah, and I think it's a challenge too because. We base everything off of hard facts, and a hard fact is home ownership. And yeah, home ownership may be down in Baltimore. And if you look at the actual owners of homes in Baltimore, it's not where it used to be, and it's not where they want it to be. But you can't say people aren't living here. I mean, all the, like you just said, all these sky rises are popping up. People are renting, and they're they're moving into these places. So it's it's hard to to quantify how many people are here in the city because of renters. You know, that's a challenge. And every city faces that. Um, but Baltimore is a lot more thriving than I think people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. But even like breweries, you know, Mike and I were talking beforehand about the Guinness Brewery. You know, I had, I had a friend come into town from Nashville over the weekend and he was like, hey, where should we meet up? Where should we hang out? And I was like, we're going to Guinness. Like you need to come see this massive place that is just amazing. And he had an awesome time. I know it's not technically in Baltimore City, but it's right on the outside and it's you know, considered about, um, no, it's on the, is it Lansdowne? It's close to the airport. Crazy... It's very close to the airport. But so it's Lansdowne, right? Or Hailthorpe? Hailthorpe. I think it's Hailthorpe. Yeah. Yes. So it's close. Yeah. Oh, sure. But that it's a weird area because it's like this confluence of different counties. Yes. And it could be yeah. in, in one of three, essentially. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. But he was like, I never knew something like this existed in Baltimore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it's because you watch, you know, the news. Mm-hmm. And that's all you see is the one image of Baltimore that seems to get sent out to everybody. And instead, it's wonderful. And that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, it's a city that's not without its problems. There are certainly issues in this city. There's no doubt about that. You, you can't hide that fact. And no one's trying to gloss over that. I don't think anyone is either. And I think that's what sort of pissed me off about these Trump comments yeah. was it was like he had uncovered something and everyone here is like, no, we know what's shitty about it here. Like we, yeah. we understand like that there's loss and, and 
an uh, inequity here. We get it. But like, why would you kind of rub your finger in that wound instead of raising us up and, and either sending money or like goodwill or yeah. accolades or something to, to kind of help us rise up? And look, I'll- he's right. It, there are rat and rodent infested buildings that are all owned by Jared Kushner. So <laughs> he's got a point. You know, and he and he if could only easily he could do that. something about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think is cool about the the wake of what he has said is that uh, the Times, um, the New York Times, wrote a piece today where they were like, it, it didn't say this, but it essentially was like, don't fuck with Baltimore because Baltimore is just going to get stronger. Like, oh yeah, everyone here has been like, absolutely not. No, no, no. Like, if you don't live here, you don't get to talk shit. It's like if someone tells you your brother's an asshole. Yeah, like, you can say it, but that guy down the street can't. That's an attitude that's unique to cities like Baltimore. I'll even throw Cleveland, mm-hmm. Detroit, cities that get shit on all the time. Mm-hmm. They have that strength. Yeah. And the people there have that attitude where they know this is my home. You're, I don't care what kind of struggles we're going through. You don't live here. On the air uh, just this morning, we were talking about the situation. And um, a lot of people were writing in via social media and saying negative things about Baltimore. And I, I was just thinking to myself, like, how many of these people – actually live in Baltimore. Yeah. How many of these people come downtown on a frequent basis? All they see is what they're given. They don't experience it. They don't see it. And and it's hard. Like, you know, I get it. You drive downtown sometimes, someone's going to ask you for money. And I, and I get that. That's a city. Welcome to the world. Oh, right that's, yeah, that's not unique to It might be smart. uncomfortable when someone tries to wash your windows and they don't necessarily walk away when you say no thank you. Like, yeah, that, that might not be the most welcoming thing in the world. But it, is your life any different? When they do walk away, it's or if just if, a moment. If for for so many people, if you give them one dollar, like is your life different because you slipped a dollar through your your window? You put it down just enough to give them the dollar, right? You know? I, yeah. I, I, either way, in in ninety nine point nine percent of the situation, and I know that some people have been accosted. Yes, I've I've had some absolutely. uncomfortable situations. I'm not taking away from that, but ultimately, like this happens in every city. Yeah, the, this level of and you you have to look inward. You have to think like. Well, what am I doing to help? And you and I and Mike, we pay into the ba- the tax base. I mean, yeah. Mike's career and my career have been about building up the city, and yours has been putting it on the map to you know, people that listen to country music who I'm might trying. not live here. Yeah, I mean – it's a challenge. We've seen, we've definitely seen, and look, it could be related to the artists that we bring into town, but we have a partnership with uh, with Power Plant and with Ramshead, and we bring artists in to do shows all the time. And over the last couple of years, we've definitely seen a decline in people coming downtown to be a part of that. Because we'll be totally honest, the majority of our listeners probably live outside of the city limits, um, and, and that's just you know something that we that we deal with, and that's it is it's the reality. Um, and, and I can only think that. A lot of the reason why they're not coming down is they're, you know, they, they have that image of what Baltimore is. Like, well, I'm not going to the Inner Harbor. I saw a bunch of kids were getting into a fight one day. Well, I mean, you still let your kids go to high school, but there right. was a fight there yesterday, that is too. the exact you know? rebuttal I was going to give you. Right. Yeah. So I, I definitely do whatever I can to pump up the idea of the city. And there are people on our station that don't do that. And I and I think it, <laughs> I think it's so funny because so um, – uh, counterproductive to what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people to buy a ticket, to come to our event, to have a great night out with their friends. Yet you have some people on the air that'll be like, well, I mean, parking's a nightmare. And uh, getting downtown, you might have to deal with some, you know, squeegee kids trying to wash your window. And like, stop doing that. Like, those are. You're right. You should deprive yourself of a cultural experience or a community based experience because. Like, oh my God, it might take me 15 extra minutes to get there because traffic's going to be bad. Or you no, might, or like, you might see that poverty exists. Like, right. 
Yeah, it exists in your own neighborhood. And you just, it's just different. You right. Know, you see it differently. And I don't view that. Some One of my friends told me, they're like, well, don't you feel like you're swaying the media? And I was like, I don't view it as swaying the media. I just view it as looking at the picture differently. Like, this is reality. And we experience this. I, you know, when I drive through the county, I see people on York Road asking for money. The same that I would see them in Baltimore City. But no one's not going to Target in Timonium or whatever is Cockeysville because there's somebody standing on the side of the road asking for money. They're still going. And let me tell you something. Thing. I grew up at that Target in Timonium, and the one in Canton's better. Oh, oh! Shots fired. There, I said it. <laughs> Shots fired. Not convenient if you live in Timonium, <laughs> but when you, when you tag the city into something, <laughs> it immediately turns into something bigger, and that's a shame. It really is a shame. Mm-hmm. And again, like as we've both said, there are problems in the city that we're trying to figure out how to fix and trying to change, but it's still an amazing turning your, place. Turning your back on it is never going to help. Right. Come Pretending down. it doesn't exist. Yeah, but. Put your money in. Put your put your presence in. Like be yeah. be a safe advocate. Be someone that's down here experiencing and and and, and buying things and looking around and just yeah. be a, be a positive presence. Don't just like sit on Twitter on your toilet and like <laughs> Hereford being like, wow. What I think we do need, and this is I guess kind of serious, whatever. What I think we do need is we need to get through a couple of years without a political or police scandal. And I don't know I, what you're talking about. I, I, but I, I do think we, if we can make it through a couple years with just God's honest, just honest people in those roles, I think the perception changes because I think there's a lot of problems in Baltimore City. But when you have people at the top that are getting into trouble, too, it's viewed as like there's no way out. Sure. Things are never going to change. So if, if we can get through the next couple of years with these folks that we have running things – and, and not no scandals, no anything. Like I think the perception will change a lot because at least it will look like, hey, we've got these people that have their heads on straight and are doing what they can to change it. Is this your soft announcement for candidacy? Oh no! no? Oh god, no! <laughs> I, I've toyed with that idea occasionally. My fiance is like, "You better not, like, not a chance." <laughs> I don't know what role or whatever I would run for, but I, I don't know. Like I just feel passionate about some things, and I, I think like sometimes maybe that's. Down the line, but I have absolutely no plans. You're whatsoever. a likable guy. Maybe yeah. we'll see. I think that's half of it. <laughs> I don't think you're a bad person. I'm worried about the scandals that yeah. are going to come out. <laughs> There'll be some expose that will come your, out. Your tomato me. lady will like yeah, right? emerge from the I like tried to hit on him, <laughs> and he didn't even come after me. <laughs> well, um, as we're on the topic, let's talk yes. about your favorite places in Baltimore. Mm. So I have not written down my typical five questions. Oh, okay. You would think after 90, I think so I've done did 90. you like mail it in because you're like, I know him. Phone it in. Phone mail it, it sorry, in. Phone it, mail is mail it in like I'm worse? Sorry. I'm sorry. Because phoning it in is like not giving a fuck, but mailing it in is like. You're like, I'm really not going to send don't this even letter. Get, oh it's my. thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> Mailing it in is thoughtful. No, I just, um, I have my son's. That literally felt- is an empty like blank notepad. <laughs> You it's like a, no, you came in here so proud of yourself and you pulled it out with your pen and then you opened it up and there's a little note that says hat and some uh, scribble like a child and then there's blank pages everywhere else there's nothing. Yeah, Lucho's you, read the day that I stole his notebook. Yeah. And I really did not write anything. Nothing. Not, I've actually been looking at it this entire time like waiting for something to magically show up like a Harry Potter pen is going to like unveil itself. But no, there's nothing. We can't it's bring up Harry Potter. Map. You and I, after this many drinks, cannot. I swear I am up to Cannot no talk about Harry Potter because this will never end. That's, maybe that's another podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. God, I wish you hadn't even brought it up because now I want to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Okay. Forget it. Just forget it. Um, 
So my first question is, um, I'm going to write it down. Where's your favorite place to go to dinner in the city? Favorite place to go to dinner? That is a, a actually a really good question. I think honestly, the thank you. That, I just wrote it down. No, I mean, but it's funny because we eat out a lot because we're really fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think honestly, probably Belvedere Square. Uh, my fiance loves edgy ramen, and I will find whatever from any of the other stands. They're all fantastic. So I, you know, I'm not a big ramen person myself. Um, so I will just go and grab pizza or a sandwich or whatever from anywhere else that's there. But I think probably Belvedere Square overall. It's a good one. Favorite place to get a so the first three are kind of similar. And again, I've been saying this for about a year. I need to change it's these number up. Number two, like favorite place to get food because that's literally the same as. It's your place to get a drink. Oh, uh, and or your favorite cocktail. I am my fiance hates me for this. Um, I love Frasers. I was at a birthday party for a two year old at 10 a.m. there on Saturday. Okay. Happy birthday, Henry. That's intense at 10 a.m. Um, I love going there when like if you just happen to stumble in there on a weeknight when Jeopardy's on. And they're playing Jeopardy in that bar. And people I've are screaming been there for answers. that. And I got one like double Jeopardy right once and I got a shot. And I was like, I don't know what bar this is. This is amazing. But I, I am king. Keep coming here. <laughs> um, I, I love that place. I just love that it's still true to itself mm-hmm. after all these years with all of the changes on the avenue. It's still a funky, cool place. And to it's be always and full. Yeah, always full. Mike and I went for the um, Women's um, World Cup. Oh, okay. Awesome. The, was it the final? 35. Semifinal. Oh, yeah. Right. Semifinal. Our mutual friend, Lauren, um, who used to work in my office, she was the first person that I met here in Baltimore because she was the receptionist in the office. So when I came up to get like my key card and learn about the office, I was talking to her for a while waiting for someone to come get me. One day in the office, we decided for her lunch break, we would walk to Frazier's, drink as much as we possibly could for an hour because she had an hour lunch break, and then go back to work. There are holes in the story because I don't believe Lauren walked to Frazier's. No, we did. No, she literally did. If we could get her on the phone right now, we would do this. But we did this, and then I, when I got back to the office, my boss was like, hey, I need you to do a radio show. And I was like, you need me to do what? What? <laughs> it oh, was awful. God. Um, but I did it, um, and we've moved and, on. And Lauren somehow answered the, the phone that day. That's the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. One of my favorite memories of Baltimore. Aw. So uh, favorite place, and again, this is this is why it's a little redundant, but maybe not. Favorite place to go on a date with your beautiful fiance? Mm. We love um, Woodbury Kitchen. We don't go there enough, um, but it's a place that we always enjoy when we finally do make it back. Um, it's just good vibe, good atmosphere, yeah. just cool people all around. That is a place that we try to get to once in a while. Works for me. Um, favorite place to be outside in the city? Ooh, um, since we have dogs, uh, and we oh, like to go. you do have beautiful dogs. Yes, we have two wonderful huskies that uh, rule our lives now. We like to go to Lake Roland and walk around on the trails by Lake Roland. That's a, a really cool experience. It's pretty close to where we live, so it's not too much of a hike. Um, they love it. I'd say it's probably being outside is probably you know together with our dogs. Um, so the dog park in uh, Locust Point is also up there for me. That's a great park. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We really love going over there too. And then the last question is usually favorite place to buy a gift. You may answer that and or favorite music venue in the city. Ooh, favorite music venue. I um, I should be careful with this because we have so many partners uh, with different venues in the city. Uh, but my personal favorite music venue, and I went to this venue before I lived in Baltimore, so I think it holds an extra special place, but is the auto bar. That 
place is incredible. I I mean, I actually just was there uh, about a week ago for a show with a band that I grew up listening to called the Get Up Kids. And even the band was on stage at towards the end of the show. And they were just like, this has been an amazing experience. And it, and it wasn't one of those like where every artist is on stage going, thank you, Milwaukee. You were the loudest crowd we've seen on tour. Like it was it was holy shit, we're going to play 17 songs in our encore because we know you guys appreciate it. Even the singer was like, we have not been to Baltimore as much as we'd like, and we're sorry for that. Like, We will make sure we come to Baltimore on every tour from here on out. That's cool. Um, and, and just being there in that atmosphere, I've seen some incredible shows at the Auto Bar. So I think this ven- this city has a lot of great venues to see music, and each offer their own. I mean, God, Miku Pavilion, the old Pier 6, um, is yeah. awesome like just being on the water while you're watching a show like there's something cool that ram said power plant you you can see some really great shows at different places around the city but for me auto bar is definitely my number one were you there the night that lauren and i went to taylor mom's in i think i was with you <laughs> and the I girls mean, the, and Mom's the girls puking outside yeah yes yeah but and taylor mom's in like brought all these people on stage to get undressed that sounds very familiar yeah yeah okay. yes we must yeah. have the same i okay. definitely went to at least one taylor moms and show with lauren so it might have been the same there I, wasn't i don't think she played out of our twice okay well in that case yeah. then it was definitely the same one yeah yeah i was wearing there, relief on top God, you don't remember so many i'm sorry <laughs> well what's crazy is the auto bar like their shows start generally start really late so my office being fairly close, I would go to a show and then literally go to the office and sleep on the couch until the morning show because there was no sense of me driving to wherever I was living at the time. Worth bringing up, Lauren lives two blocks away from the auto bar and she didn't let yeah. you sleep in her guest room? Well, she could have, but for me, being at my place of work was easier because if I did oversleep, someone would wake me up hmm. when they came in. If hmm. I was at some other location, it would. That was. this is a personal choice. I know you're judging. This is a personal choice uh, for me to be at the office. I'm judging. Why? Well, because she should have invited you into a bed in her home and not your sofa. She did invite. I did stay at her house once. Uh, once? Well, no, twice, actually. Both of which I, I get so hammered both times. Um, but the first time, I didn't understand house alarms. So they kept telling me about their alarm. And I was in their guest bedroom but I was so terrified of the alarm that when I woke up, I didn't even like want to go to the bathroom. So I like laid in the guest bedroom, like just waiting for someone else to wake up just so I could go. Cause I didn't know how they worked. They were like, the alarm's on. Be careful. I'm like, that's how oh. they both talk. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to leave this room. I am in this room until someone else turns the goddamn alarm on. It's their hospitality. <laughs> and then I figured it out. Yeah. Mitch would have escorted you. He would have. He would have. He would have held my hand. He was, he's a very kind and gentle man. He is a gentleman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeff St. Pierre. Someone has to finish this line. We'll, we'll finish yes. it off air. Okay. I mean, let's just, let's just keep going. <laughs> I cannot tell you how wonderful it was to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Seriously, this is great. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you welcoming, in, welcoming me in like this. This has been awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Mike, I can't reach you from here, but thanks for the thumbs up. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. You can find Jeff on Instagram at St. Pierre on Air. How adorable is that handle? Or uh, if you're up extremely early, you can find him on WPOC, which is 93.1, I believe from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., which are terrible hours. But if you're up, he's there for you. For past Hey Baltimore episodes and info about everything happening downtown, go to our website, go downtownbaltimore.com. 
Hey Baltimore is edited and produced by Mike Evitz and made possible by Downtown Partnership. Our theme music is by Super City, and I'm your host, Megan Eisenach. Thanks for listening. <laughs>